Good morning, everyone. How's your weekend going? Good? Good. Let's see what we can do about maybe upping that up just a little bit, just a little bit. Hey, if you're joining us from uh, at home, we're glad that you're here. We're going to be in Romans chapter 8 today, verses 9 through 11. We're continuing our series on what it looks like to live our life in Christ. We are looking for practical power. So what does it look like to apply the power of the gospel in real time? I think we really struggle with that. So this is summer-ish, that time of year when we travel, kind of, have people come over to our homes and maybe stay with us. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, maybe it's people you haven't seen for a while. But there's a difference. I mean, you live differently based on who's staying at your house. Is that not true? Some people you feel really at home with, yes, and you can be yourself. You might, you might not even like put things away that you think, you know, would be a little strange. But then there's, there's people that show up and you're like, oh no, you're throwing stuff under the couch. And after like one day, you're just kind of, hmm, so when are you going to go? Right? You just can't be yourself. And maybe it's a roommate. This happens, right? I mean, it's just, it's just the way life works. Uh, sometimes you're just like, I can't live here anymore, right? I just can't be myself. I'm not at peace. This is driving me crazy. See, part of what it means to belong to Christ, part of what it means to no longer be under the weight of the law, to have our focus moved away from death and from setting our minds on our own agenda and our own appetites and actually setting it on the appetite of God, on the Spirit. Part of that is God moves in. That's where we're going today. What does it look like for God to actually move in or take up residence in your life? Because we struggle with this because we actually believe that the gospel or following Jesus or being a Christian means that I'm embracing a set of ideas, and if I embrace them well enough and live by them, then God will love me. I'll be good. That's not in the Bible. We actually see that you're not embracing just a set of ideas. Obviously, that's part of it, but you are embracing a relationship. Or, or actually, the way the text says it is you're not just walking to a relationship. God is walking into your life. And I think if we're honest, and I was just thinking about this from the first service, I feel awkward around God sometimes. I, you know, I'm like that person like, oh, he can't see that. I better put the Bible out on my table so the pastor thinks I read it. And you know, who's coming over? So I, I feel like God's maybe a neighbor sometimes or maybe just a, a friend, but just an awkward friend that I'm not sure how to handle or a family member that, you know, after they stay for three days, man, either they have to go or I have to go because we can't be here together. Or, or maybe an intruder. Like when God enters into my home, into my life, I stop, I'm very quiet, and I watch because I don't know what he's going to do. So how do you deal with the invasion of God in your life? Think about that. What does it look like for God to take up residence in your life? Because that's what it means, to a large degree, to live life in Christ. God moves in. So we're going to jump in there. This is chapter 8. We're going to pick it up at verse 9. And if you remember, there's a dichotomy here. The Apostle Paul is speaking about life in the flesh and life in the Spirit. 
uh, life that is dominated by self and sin or life that is dominated by the grace of God and the Spirit of God. So we're going to jump right in to chapter 8, verse 9. It says, you, however, he's speaking to the Roman church, and he goes, he's directing it at them now. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God, here we go, dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. Uh, we feel like strangers, and in many real ways we are, God. But as we listen to your truth, as we receive your word, we see that it doesn't make us people that know something of you. It makes us heirs and children of God, and you move in. So help us to understand that. I pray that as we open up your word today, that you would uh, just give us the mercy and the blessing of opening up your word for us, that we might behold its beauty and its power, and we would be forever changed by it. And we lift this up together in the name of Christ. Amen. So you heard those words? The ministry of the Holy Spirit, which we, we don't, we're confused by that many times, but in essence, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is this. He takes up residence in your life so that you will feel at home with God. So do you feel at home with God? Can you rest when he's there? So the Spirit comes in, moves in, takes up residence in your life that you yourself will feel at home with God. And there's three ways the Spirit ministers to you that you might feel at home. First, he makes us feel at home in a new relationship. Remember, we're embracing a relationship, just not information. Secondly, you have to embrace a new station or a new standing in life. So a lot of times the reasons we don't feel comfortable in a relationship is because we don't know where we stand. We're always negotiating the position of that relationship, whether it's work or friends or a group of friends. We don't really know where we stand, so we're always negotiating and trying to position ourselves. So the Holy Spirit uh, makes you feel at home with God by clarifying what is your standing with God. So it's a new relationship, a new standing, and lastly, a new future. We don't really feel comfortable with God because we don't know where it's going. We don't know what the outcome is or the end point is. So the Spirit of God will change that and make us understand what our new future is. So let's walk through this together, shall we? So Holy Spirit is taking up residence in your life, in my life, as we exercise faith in Christ to make us at home with God. So first and foremost, you have a new relationship that you need to learn to be at home in. Now, there's a Scottish pastor by the name of Henry Scrugel, great name, uh, 17th century, yeah, and he wrote this great book, and the title basically is the book, is really what I was hoping for. It's The Life of God in the Soul of Man. It's a great little book, The Life of God in the Soul of Man. And the big idea of the book is that, hey, listen, to know God or to embrace the gospel, to have faith in Jesus, isn't about constraining your behavior somehow. 
It's not about something that you do or don't do. It's about God himself coming and residing in your innermost, deepest places of your life, the place where motivation happens, the place where affection happens, the place where love is born. And if you don't know God like this, then you're missing out or don't know him. And the Spirit of God is all about making that relationship very real to you, that the living God is residing in you and making you alive. So the essence of the new relationship is heart change. You getting this? It's the inner person. So we can, ah, man, we're good at modifying things on the outside. And we can even sustain that. And we can even look more Christian than Christians. But until, the inner, until God has access to the inner person, um, we don't know him either at all or the way we should. So l- listen to what verse 9 says. It's you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. That means you are no longer dominated by sin and death, but you're in a new realm. You're in the Spirit, okay? If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwelling in you is going to make you preoccupied with your relationship with God. It's, always, it's not always going to feel good. I'm just going to tell you that. There's going to be some wrestling. There's going to be a lot of wrestling there, but when you're trusting in Christ, God moves in. There's no way around it, and he desires a real relationship with you. So remember, in the flesh, you're dominated by the influence of your own life, of your own agenda, of sin. But when you're in the spirit, you are no longer imprisoned by your own abilities. Isn't that beautiful? No longer imprisoned by your own abilities. That doesn't mean you can do everything you want. That means you can trust God, and that means whatever call he puts on your life, you can walk in it, in the Spirit, no longer imprisoned. Listen, friends, grace touches you at places nothing else can. God's Word and His Spirit understand you in ways that you don't even understand yourself. So first and foremost, the Spirit of God taking up residence in your life is about you understanding and walking in this new relationship to a place where you can be comfortable with God. So how? What is one way? How does that feel in one way? Well, remember last week we learned that life in the Spirit is is life and peace. When we set our mind in the Spirit, we experience life and peace. Well, think about this for a moment. As the Spirit of God takes up residence in our life, as establishes this new relationship we have with God through faith, how does that peace feel to you? Is it life-giving? You know what I mean by life-giving? Is there affection there? Is, is um, maybe hesitancy with God melting into joy? Is there defensiveness that's, that's falling away to surrender and to joy? No, I want to be here. No, of course you don't understand God all the way. He's, he's eternal. But you're learning how to rest in him. Is there peace? Is there real peace in your relationship with God? Because in the Spirit, the Spirit of God brings that to us. Yes, we have to fight for it, but fight for it. So the Spirit of God is moving into our life, taking up residence, that we will have a relationship where we experience peace with God. That is so fundamental. Secondly, it's just not a new relationship, it's a new standing. So the Spirit of God, it says, brings us life. Um, That shouldn't be too 
abstract to us. Jesus even says that, speaking about what it means to understand the gospel. In John 17, 3, he's praying to God the Father. He's maybe got a day left on the earth, and he says, this is eternal life, that they know you, my Father, the one true God, and whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, me. That's eternal life. So if you want to know what salvation is, if that's weird to you, like, what do you mean by salvation? You know God in a very personal, real way. Not about him. It transitions into a real relationship based on his work, but you own it, right? You are alive. So what does it mean to be alive? Because the text says here in verse 10 something that's very important. But if, in Christ, if, but if Christ is in you, oh, wait a minute, I thought it was the Spirit. Yeah, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, all wrapped up in a conspiracy to, that you would know God. They're interchangeable. Not that they're not indistinguishable, but they're inseparable. That's, that's amazing. But verse 10, But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, because sin severs that relationship with God and brings us death, wages of sin is death. So if that's true... The Spirit is life because of righteousness. So the Spirit brings life to you and actually defines life for you. So what is this life that the Spirit brings to you? What does that feel like? Well, first you're aware. You're aware that sin destroys your relationship with God, but you're aware that God brings life to you. You understand, wow, things are not the way they should be, either in my life or in this world or in creation, and it's frustrating and it's painful. Yet I am more aware or as aware of God's grace. So this life is you are made aware of God's work and God's will in your life. Again, not just in information, but for you personally through his word, empowered by the Spirit. You're aware that God's love for you is active and not just out there somewhere. And God is working for you to know him. And you're aware of his will. So this new standing brings life, and you know that God moves in. In Christ, if we're walking in faith, if we're a Christian, if we're a disciple of Jesus, we have the Spirit of God. Yes, we are in the Spirit, and you can grieve Him. You can, you can frustrate the Spirit of God, just like any relationship. You can ignore the Spirit of God. We can do these things, but you have to understand the Spirit is bringing you and trying to help you understand a new standing that you have with God. In verse 10, righteousness. That's really important. So it's not just that you're alive and you're aware, but the Spirit of God brings you righteousness. It says as much, yes? So what is your new standing in this new relationship? It is righteousness. There's other things too. You're an heir, you're a child of God, but we're going to stick with the text. Righteousness. That is your, you are right before God. And the Spirit of God makes this real to you, has to make this real to you, and you probably fight this every day. I'm going to read from another book because it kind of gives us a different perspective on what this can feel like. Ephesians chapter 2. Let me just read it. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. We're all on even footing before God. 
But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, here we go, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And he goes on and raised us up and seated. It goes on and on and on. It's amazing, actually. The Spirit of God brings you the righteousness of God. God is not only righteous and holy, but God brings this to us, the person of Christ, and the Spirit makes you put it on. The Spirit of God is like, this is a gift, right? It's a gift. This righteousness is not something you earn. It's a gift. You have to open it up, and you see the righteousness of Christ, and you're going to do one of two things. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't wear that. I won't look good in it. I'm not like that. I'm not righteous. Yes, we know. You're receiving it by faith. The work of Christ is righteous. He's covered your sin and made us right before him. His resurrection has proved that. You're going to either say, no, I don't want that. It's too much for me. Or you'll say, you know what? I've already got something to wear, and it looks pretty good. kind of looks better than that. So I will just wear that. How's that? Either way, you're going to want to reject it, but the Spirit of God will not let you alone in Christ. No, no, no. Put it on. You need it. You need it. You need it. In the presence of God, you need the righteousness of God. Put it on, and we receive it by faith. So the Spirit of God makes us understand our standing is righteous before God. It's not our work. It's His. We have to wear it. So what does this feel like? Man, it gets more awkward. No, this is what the Spirit of God does to you. The Spirit of God, in your standing with God, will make you, God's will at home in your life. You'll fight it. You'll be frustrated. You'll be afraid of it. But as you trust God, God's will, God's desire for you, his revealed will in, his, in scripture, all of it will become at home in your life. You'll be like, yeah, I want to love like God. Yeah, I want to forgive that person because I'm forgiven. Yes, I want to do that. The Spirit of God taking up residence in your life brings this to you. John 14, 3, again, Jesus is talking, and he says, you know, those that love me and do my will, the Father also loves, and we will come and make our home with him. The Spirit of God is making that true in your life today if you will trust God. New relationship, new standing, you are righteous by his work, sin covered, but you're learning to wear these clothes. You're wearing them, but you're learning to walk in them. You're, learning, you're putting on Christ so that you're righteous before God, but you're learning how to walk righteously too. You're learning that God's will has a home in my life. Is it, does that connect? You can feel that, can't you? You can feel the work of the Spirit pulling you that way. Now, you're right before him. If you trust in Jesus, now walk in it. Walk in it. So new relationship, new standing, and a new future. This is probably the hardest one. I want you to pick up some of the implications of this text. Now, when I was just a wee lad, um, I had a Commodore 64 computer. Anybody? Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> last service there were two people that had it. They were not young folk. Commodore 64 computer. It was a little computer, and it was back when the home computers were starting. And I learned how to program that thing in BASIC. Do they even do BASIC anymore? 
can you write it on a computer in basic? Anyway, I learned it a little bit, and one of the key things they make you learn right in the beginning is an if-then statement. It's like, if this is true, then that happens. So if this, if this entry happens on the program, then the computer is directed to do this subroutine or something, right? The idea is it's a logic. So if this happens, it directs the operations of the program or of the application. Do you see how many ifs are in here? If, 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 if. The Apostle Paul wants you to start learning some logic of the gospel. Here we go. If the triune God is for you, if God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are for you, then you need to understand that nobody can frustrate God's plan for you. Well, where am I getting that? Well, it's all over in just the text we looked at. Uh, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, the Spirit of Christ... But if Christ is in you, Spirit is life, the one who raised Jesus from the dead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, at work for you. If you, if, if you will embrace that if, then it will change how you deal with your future. There's a holy conspiracy going on in your life brought to you by the power of the Holy Spirit to make you rest. Nobody can frustrate God's plan for you. Second, if, new future, if the one who raised Jesus from the dead, it says that, the one who raised Jesus from the dead is in you. If that is true, you need, we need to check our obsessions. What are we obsessed about in this life? Well, think about COVID for a minute. It's taken away our comfort. That's one of our, that's one of our functional saviors. We live for comfort. It's taken away and is taking away our money Oh, that's a good God to worship because you can get anything you want with money for the most part. Oh, what's another one? Oh, it's taking away our health, obviously. Our hope of health. Some people are literally dying. That's one of our, we worship health here. Arlington is the healthiest city in the world, well, at least America. We obsess on these things. We obsess on our wealth. We obsess on our health and our body and how we look. And it, It's good to be strong and healthy, right? Because your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. But we take it to a level where we can't even exist unless we look a certain way. Or unless our health is perfect. They have become our saviors. See, if the one who raised Jesus is in you, then obsess on that. Though your body will fail, your future will not. Well, what does the text mean by that? It means that your eternity is physical. There will be a day when you no longer are alive. We usually call that death. Me too. And there will be a day when Christ returns and your soul, which will be with him, will be reunited with your body, but it will be glorified. I'm not making this up. This is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about. And that glorified body, like, what do you even mean? Look at Jesus out of the tomb. He's a little different. He's glorified, yet he's physical. That is your future. If you obsess on that, if you understand your future is in Christ like that, you will have a physical body, a real presence, and you will no longer have to deal with the frustration of sin and just all of that. <sighs> Again, you can exhale right? 
um, you share in the resurrection now. You're raised in the heavenlies in the inner person, but you will share with it completely at the return of Jesus. So one more if. The triune God is for you. Um, if, if, if God raised Jesus from the dead, what about this? If death could not hold Jesus, and this is true, if death could not hold him, then why are you holding back? Think what, what fear is making decisions for you? What doubts are running your life? Fears and doubts run our lives. Fear is actually not a bad thing when it's couched in the person of God and respect and honor and fear because he's holy, it drives your life in the right direction. But Jesus, the grave couldn't hold him, friend. If you're in Christ, the Spirit of God needs you to understand that and start walking not in the fear that you're walking in, walking in the fear and the comfort and the joy of the living God. See, the Spirit of God does this all day long with you and for you. The Spirit of God takes up residence in your life that you might be at home with God in your new relationship that he established and you receive by faith in your new standing as righteous before him that you receive by faith and in your new future. Although we waste away now, our eternity is secure and that is, that is actually good news. Don't grieve over what you're going to lose right now, friend. Don't. Don't. There's, yes, okay. Well, maybe you should grieve. But don't let it eclipse the future and the present that God has for you in Christ now. So do you feel at home with God? Is he awkward to you? It's like, oh, yeah, I know I should pray more. And I know that there's this thing in my life, but, you know, I keep hiding it. Don't hold back. The Spirit of God has come to make you at home with God. Are you at home with God? Well, the way the text says it really says it different. You're at home with God and God's at home in you. Right? If the Spirit of God is in you, you're in Christ. What a beautiful shared experience. That is what God wants for you today. How do we get that? Repent. Grab onto it. Trust Him. He loves you. Rest in it. Hope is open to every single person. And if you're a Christian, start walking in it. Stop grieving the Spirit of God. Quit believing that you don't belong and that your relationship is really tenuous with God and you don't really know where you stand. You don't know where your future's in. That's nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. Listen to the Spirit of God and let's learn to walk in that together. He wants that for us. This is living life in Christ. So let's live it. Dear Lord, we thank you so much. Um, these are hard words, but they're so encouraging. We want to live our lives as though, as though all that you've told us is true. You know us, you love us, you've brought us from the dead like Lazarus, you've established as your children, you've given us your righteousness through the life of Christ, you've covered our sin through the death of Christ, you've given us a future through the resurrection of Jesus, and it's wide open for us, Lord take up residence in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen.